when you're annoyed, you're a big joke Screaming in the store, trying to be a good sheep all day You got cloth on your face, want a mandate Spreading your fear all over the place I'm saying, we will, we will mock you With a trust fund, dumb, dumb, crying in the street, gonna defund police someday. You got cloth on your face, it won't stop mace. Watching you fail brings a smile to my face. We will, we will mock you. Meme! We will, we will mock you. Biden, you're an old man, con man, pleading with the herd, sniffing hair and groping kids all day. You got cloth on your face, sheltered in place. Now you want Kamala because of her race. We will, we will mock you. Sheeple! We will, we will mock you. Everybody, we will, we will mock you. everybody wasn't that just awesome welcome back to another episode of the fusion underground season three season two episode four yes episode yes. four of season two of the well fusion underground did you like that did you like that, that? was good that was good i like that <laughs> it's gonna get us flagged for copyright most likely <clears throat> even though it's a different song Probably, probably, but I didn't care. That was just phenomenal. I saw that the other day and I, I think I watched it like three or four times and I thought, okay, this has to go in front of the show the next time we, the next time we record. Uh, you put it right in front, that's for sure. Yeah, but I still did the music. Oh, of course. Yes, you did. I still did. I still did our music. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Fusion Underground. Here at the Fusion Underground, we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. I'm your host, Manuel Ramirez, and I'm joined as always in the virtual studio by my co-host, Jason Moret. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm good. You? I'm doing well. Good. Doing well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
So here at the Fusion Underground, by the way, you can find all of our stuff at fusionunderground.net and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash forward slash blah, AZ Fusion Underground. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel where you can catch these recordings with full video so you can see us in all of our glory. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> or if you just want to catch the audio version, we have all of the audio RSS feeds off of the website or just search for Fusion Underground on any podcast app that you happen to have and it will find us. But we can you can find us also on just the audio versions out on Anchor Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Apple. Yeah. I highly recommend the audio version. Um, I think uh, Lucy and I both have faces made for radio. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, who wants to look at us while we do this? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, what the hell's the matter with you? Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so I, you know, this was a this was this was an interesting this was an interesting week. Agreed. This was a, a really interesting week. You know, there we uh, we've just had a lot going on. Just not only us personally, but you know, in the world in general, right? And uh, we're just kind of having a little bit of fun this week with this particular episode. I think we need that. I, I think uh, I think America's due for a big deep breath and just to relax and have a little bit of fun. Yeah, I think so too. So, being am, the patriotic Americans that we are, we feel it is our duty to answer said call. <laughs> America, America. <laughs> So uh, I have restarted, I have restarted replaying. That's what I meant to say. I had my re in the wrong location. I, I start, hate it when that happens. I know. I started <laughs> replaying Mass Effect 2. Oh, okay. So, Didn't go so all the way back to the first one, huh? You know, while I really enjoyed the first game, I really do not like all of the equipment you have to manage. Yeah. So I've replayed two and three several times. Actually, just a couple of months ago, I replayed three. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I thought, well, I'm going to go back and replay two. I never really, I, I replayed one probably about five or six years ago. And, uh, and while I like the game, two and three are just so good. They are. Well, you know, the, the first game, I, I think, arguably sets up the tone as far as the storyline goes. The storyline in the first game is phenomenal. Oh, it is. Um, the gameplay game. eh, really wasn't overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, two and three kind of really flushed out and uh, uh, patched a lot of the holes they had in the, in the first one for sure. So. The, the thing I didn't really like so much about the first one is driving around in the stupid Mako on the planet all the time. Yeah. I really hated that. I tried to avoid that as much as possible. Uh, but what I hate about the second one is the damn scanning of planets. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it saves you from driving around, but yeah, it, it's one yeah. monotonous um, mining task to another monotonous yeah. mining task. Yeah. So My biggest just... complaint from one to two actually was um, I, I really liked the idea of no ammo and having to just I loved that. watch the, the reheating of your weapons. And for the sci-fi nerd in me, that actually makes sense. So why would you go back to a basically a clip system, which is just a way of tracking ammo? Yeah. Um, 
that's not a quote unquote advancement in technology. Right. That's, that, no, that seems like a reversion. And I, and I don't, uh, I don't, I didn't dig on that, but. Well, and they kind of explained it in the first one that made it sound really cool. It was like your gun has like this massive piece of. Chunk of metal. Chunk of metal that's slapped in there. And the gun actually just, you know, files off every time it shoots, it just shoots a little sliver off really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so essentially you load up for the, for your mission and you've got you know, umpteen thousands of shots to get you through a mission. And yeah, you might reload when you get back to the ship or whatever, you know, clean out your gun, your weapon and all that. But they explained it really well in the game um, to not have to worry about ammunition. And one of the things that I dislike going into the second and third games is always having to look for ammunition. There are some cases or sometimes when, uh, especially if you play the soldier class, um, it's really easy to burn through ammo because that's really all you have. Um, but I tend to play the, um, I don't even know what I tend to go. Full, I, I tend to go full biotic mm-hmm. and so that I can throw like, you know, the warp bubbles and all that kind of stuff, which right. really becomes your primary weapon. Um, mage don't need no gun. Exactly. You're private. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're really just a mage running around with a pistol. Right. right? And then, <laughs> and, and, and what's even awesome about that is the, the, the lighter and at least in, in, uh, the third one, the third one, mm-hmm. the, the lighter you are, meaning you don't take all of the heavy weapons and everything. Um, your regeneration rate of your, of your spells is much right. faster. Right. The um, less encumbered you are, the more, right. The more glass cannon you are. Yeah. Which is freaking phenomenal. So I would, in the third one, I just run around with a pistol and that's it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. grabbing dudes and throwing them around and, you know, um, ripping their shields apart and all that kind of good yeah. stuff. Well, and, and I appreciated the idea. They're like, well, if we give you a thermal clip, then all of the heat from your weapon, then you can just discharge. I said, that's great. But you didn't give me another mechanic that would logically make sense if that was, right. and again, I'm trying to logically go through a fantasy sci-fi video game for crying out loud, you know, hole in the head for me, but <laughs> um all right, let's just pretend you run out of thermal clips. Well, then you should still be able to use your weapon, but now you have to worry about overheating. Worry about the heat, yeah. You know, and that would have been a very simple mechanic to add, and it would have made all of that make sense. Yeah. And, and I probably would have complained at least a little less. But you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but overall, the games two and three are, are phenomenal, and if you haven't played them, I recommend you do go out and play them. They're just fantastic. You can... I encourage everybody to at least play through one, at least once, uh, just to experience the storyline. Um, not only that, but when you do, you know, m- the majority of the characters, they stay with you from the first game into the second and through the third. And for me, when you get through the, to the end of the third game, uh, it's a very emotional ending, especially if you know the whole story and you're, you know, you've, gone through all of the story arcs of all of the characters that were part of your crew uh it's it's very emotional and and there are a lot of really great little side stories that tie up all of those loose ends between Shepard, the main character and all of the other characters of the crew um it's really outstanding but if you don't if you don't play through number the first game you lose a lot of that context in in uh, especially at the end of the third game yep yep and it's, you know, I know there's not, a, there's a lot of people out there who aren't video gamers who go, what are you guys going on? You know, yeah, what are you, what are you talking but about? But 
if you've ever watched a TV show where you've gotten to know characters along the way and then lose them, or you see the internal conflict that they have with other characters, you, you can start to develop an emotional attachment to them. And so yeah, yeah. with that particular video game series, I will say by far that emotional attachment that you <clears throat> experienced with some of them was probably one of the best written storylines for a video game in I mean, just about anyone that I've played. I mean, it's it was actually really, really, really well done. A very, very phenomenally um, put together storyline and um, character dynamics. So, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, I do have a, another little thing here that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to share because I want to get your take on it. Okay. Uh, when I saw this, I well, I really didn't know what to think. Oh, when I, when I saw this, that must um, be good. But I had all kinds of questions. Mm. Okay, you know, it's it, it's one of those where it's like you have you have tons of questions after seeing this. Um, and you might have tons of questions after you see this. Okay. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Let's do a replay. Let's do a replay. (laughs) What I like, watch her. She just cracks up. She just can't handle it anymore. (laughs) Okay. So for anybody, I was just saying, I recommend the audio um, to to anybody out there who doesn't want to look at Lucy and my shining faces, but you are missing things. So let me explain. We're on the, what looks like the beach of yeah, a boardwalk like, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then walking or trotting on by is a donkey with a man slouched, a, a fairly large man, I will say, slouched over top of it completely. Oh, he's laying on it. He's, oh, he's laying, laying on, it on it. In a speedo. In a speedo just, only. Just passed out. And security starts to come after oh, him, but what? they're not. Well, oh, he does wait, have wait. a hat. He does, have, he a does hat. Have, a, have a captain's hat, looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i really want to know what the prior what his prior 18 hours look like i was gonna say it almost looks like and in the background that little uh, uh emblem up there on the building almost yeah, looks like caesar i wonder if that's in i don't know i don't know it looks like an ocean back here i don't know what this is it, but... it does but that what whatever it is this looks like a story right <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious <laughs> This looks like the opening of a movie, and then we're going to go back in time to figure out how he got on the on the donkey. Yeah, this uh, is uh, the Hangover in Greece. Yeah, can you imagine this guy being this guy, and you wake up and you have no idea where you're at because who knows for how, who knows how long this donkey was walking I'm, down the well, road. and I'm very curious whether he passed out prior to getting on the donkey <laughs> did his buddies throw him on or was he he was just at the petting zoo minding his own business somebody tranked him in the butt and then he wakes up nine miles down the road where, 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 i, I want to know where the donkey came from <laughs> i mean well i want to know how he got like on he's it. got a, a feather boa on his head too the donkey not the dude oh yeah i don't know something right there i mean I just, I just have so many questions. <laughs> I'm con- I'm con- I have no context. 
<laughs> I, I, have, I have nothing. And that's the, all the video. What I love is the cop. I love that, you know, there are two, there are two security guards, but her right here, she's just like, she just can't handle it anymore. She just cracks No, up. I love these two guys sitting on the bench back here completely oh, just oblivious. Watching? Just, yeah, whatever. They, yeah, they're not even, like, they didn't even turn their heads to look. <laughs> this has got to be Vegas. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I wanted to share that with you. Appreciate that. I needed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so just a couple of hours, just a, a few hours ago, there was a uh, a new. Well, um, I don't. I don't think it's a news story per se, but uh, you know, we have people online who are doing a better job at journalism than actual journalists. Well, it's, yeah. There's- and. I don't think there's a whole lot of a hidden agenda for people online. Yeah. So they are actually looking at facts. It, it's, it's quite, uh, it's, it's quite amazing to me, but this just hit a few hours ago because some people have been watching uh, the CDC's website, cdc.gov. And so this hit, this hit oh, social media just a few hours ago. It's great. I don't know how long you or how often you check out cdc.gov, but it's better than the Sunday comics and it's phenomenal. Well, we'll take a look at that. I'm just going to read this to you. So this guy tweeted out, he said, the CDC has quietly updated COVID number. I think COVID numbers or whatever to admit that only 6% of all the 153,504 deaths recorded actually died from COVID. Let me repeat that. The CDC has gone back and they have under the cover of night on a Saturday evening, they have retro, they have retconned their deaths from COVID. The CDC has retconned the deaths from COVID down from 153,504 to 9,210. Wow. That's huge. Now, here's, now there's a little disclaimer that goes along with this that I want oh, people to I'm wear. all ears. Yes, please. So they're still, in a way, in a sense, they're still capturing the 153,000 plus deaths of COVID. But what they've done is they've finally come out and admitted that, well, you know, the vast majority of people who have died with COVID, they actually had other complications as well. So now they're finally admitting that COVID patients, that people who have died may have indeed died from things like, oh, a gunshot to the head or, Mm -hmm. oh, to uh, a car accident uh, or to uh, cancer or to a heart attack or to some other uh, issue that was plaguing their bodies. Only the the 9,210 COVID deaths are of people that only had COVID-19. This is, this is the flu is worse than COVID-19. Oh, yeah. And has been. I mean, it's, and unfortunately, you see my shock face? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not shocked. We've talked about, we've been talking about this since March. Yeah. Nothing yeah. has changed. Correct. The only thing that's changed, and 
thank you. I am, I am grateful that you, the CDC, has actually come out and admitted what most of us have either been saying or known. Thank you for at least doing that. Okay. You know, I, I have, um, and, and I'm for their own privacy and respect, I'm not going to name these individuals, but I know of at least four physicians at the hospital who are outraged by our reaction. And I'm saying our as in an entire nation to the COVID-19 situation. They would love to come on any platform I offered ours up um, and tell the American people the friggin' truth about what's going on and about how overblown and how ridiculous our reaction to this has been. They all would love to. However, all of them believe that their job Is that would be in jeopardy yeah. because they have been told by the hospital no one is to speak out against any of the uh, policies or practices that are in place right now um, without the, ho the hospital or a uh, medical institution coming out as a whole. Yeah. They could lose their job. Yeah, because it's That's, politicized. It is absolutely politicized. Yeah, the entire thing is politicized. Here was another story. This came out earlier today. I think it was today. Uh, I read about it today. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it came out today. It may have come out tomorrow. This was a story from the New York Times. And essentially what the New York Times wrote about, and they said, well, you know those little tests that you go and get to see <clears throat> if you have COVID-19? That the tests and the way that we're testing for it uh, <clears throat> is more than likely far too, how should I say, uh, sensitive so most people that are still popping positive for COVID-19 may in fact have such little trace amounts of it in them that there is no need for those people to be quarantined, stuck in their homes for weeks on end. So for those who want to follow this, uh, this along, let me, let me explain. So <clears throat> there is a little thing called a PCR test. A PCR the PCR test is a test that we perform, that medical professionals perform uh, for viruses. And essentially what it does is it looks at something called a CT value, and the CT stands for cycle threshold. Uh, and so the way this works is um, imagine, if you will, that the, the virus, we put the virus into, uh, into the machine, right? And it basically lights up um, the RNA strands for, a, for the specific virus that we're testing for. Okay, now the cycle threshold is really important because every time it cycles, okay, what happens is the, the RNA strand within the virus gets a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter. And sometimes what they have to do is the epidemiologist will have to do multiple cycles in order to get the RNA to light up so that the PCR test can, can show the results. Now, most of the state's machines that conduct PCR tests are, they're, they're slotted for around 37 to 40 uh, CTs, okay? Which means they're cycling that 37 to 40 times. 
before the virus actually it becomes bright enough that it can be detected in the test and we can now see, oh, you have COVID-19. The problem is, is with COVID, to go through such a high number of cycle thresholds before it lights up, that means you had such a little bit amount in you to even begin with that it's almost negligible. In fact, epidemiologists are saying for COVID-19, for you to, for it to light up after 37 or 40 cycle thresholds, it's like having you know, like a fine residue of the virus within your body. What they need to do is they need to be looking at things, having, setting that threshold at around 30. Because it, it basically, if it doesn't, if you can't detect it around 30 cycles, then you're, you're pretty much, you're, you're not even remotely close to being sick or nor are you even capable of spreading it. That's how yep. little amount that there is in your body. You're not if, contagious. You, you exactly. If, if it were to go through, let's say 15 cycles, then you're sick. Okay. Then you're sick and there's, you know, we need to uh, treat you and, and all of that. Same with whether it's a flu virus or a cold virus, et cetera. Um, now, this is not to say that people shouldn't get tested, right? Um, but it, it's, it's no different really than, um, you, you know, than, than trying to rush out and capture raindrops in a, in a, in a, giga in a swimming pool, essentially, and claiming that, you know, uh, that there's a flood. Um, right. and, and it's just, it's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. I guess a better analogy would be it's, 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 it's more like um, the, the neighborhood is on fire. There's individual houses that are on fire. And some of the homes have just little smoldering embers on the rooftops. And the fire departments are trying to douse the houses that have little burning embers rather than the homes that are actually conflagrations and, you know, these giant conflagrations and burning down to the down to the ground and that could actually start other houses on fire. These little smolder, you know, ashes, if you will, that are not even lit um, are trying, we're trying to, we're trying to deal with people that have, you know, some smoke on them as opposed to actually being on fire. Well, and, and I made this analogy to somebody cause I was going through this, this exact same thing. You know, is it um, highly possible that a, good portion of the population has a trace amount of COVID-19 in their body? Yes. Sure. Yes, it is. We've been dealing with it long enough. It absolutely is. But you remember when you were a kid uh, in elementary school and you had that one just bully kid come up with a pencil and go poke and poke you in the arm and it left yeah. a little mark on yeah. your arm and he goes, okay, you got lead poisoning. You're going to die. Right, right. Uh, no, you're not. Poking you, does that leave lead um, sure. Is it going to have enough to kill you or cause you any issue whatsoever? No, this is what I'm talking about. The way that they are cycle testing it. And you did a very thorough explanation. Thank you for that. Dr. Ramirez. You're welcome. Um, the cycle testing for this is going so high that you're actually detecting basically a pencil poke in the finger rather than do you have lead in your system that can cause you bodily harm? Correct. The other problem with actually doing cycle testing to that degree is you're testing out of a testing facility, which is exposed to mm -hmm. the virus. Guess what's floating around? The virus. Right. You mentioned a story before about a nurse in, I think it was Texas, 
who opened oh, yeah. and then closed 10 different COVID tests and sent them all and they all came back positive. Yeah. Is it very possible that COVID-19 in its trace amount was maybe in the air, maybe on a truck that those came over? Yeah, it's possible. But to say that you're going to test and, and actually come back with an amount that's going to cause you lethal harm, uh, extremely low. I think even with our reduced numbers, thank you again, CDC. I'll point these out again later, by the way. Um, we are looking at a mortality rate of 0.02%, I believe it is. Yeah. Is that still correct? Yeah, I think now we're down to yes, about correct. Two, which is lower than the flu because the flu is about 0.05 um percent you know it kind of ebbs and flows but it, it stays right around in that in that central area right around in that area of 0.05 so we're actually below that um and according to the new york times here based on this new data was with, with um the C, with the ct and pcr testing um states are now saying the cdc is now saying that about 90 percent of people who are getting a positive result are no longer contagious Correct. About 90% of the people that are so, but of course, these are numbers that continue to roll into the, uh, into the, into the positive rates. And because this thing is so politicized, there's just, this is going to remain in the consciousness of the country until, until election day. Yeah. Until election day. Or shortly thereafter. Yeah. 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 And it's sad. It's sad that we have, we've crippled ourselves. We've crippled our economy. We've crippled our way of life. We've crippled our children's education. We we've out of absolute fear and um, just blatant disregard for factual information. Um, I've said it before. This was, this was a pandemonium more than it was a pandemic. Yeah. And I'm glad the CDC is actually making some course correction to try and um, offer some validity to their existence. That's good. Yeah. But um, in other news, in violent protesting, you know, violent Marxist protesting across the country news. I don't know if you saw earlier this week, there was a, there was, well, there's been, there's been all kinds of unrest now that's spreading outside of Portland. Right and outside of Seattle, so we had we had riots going on in Wisconsin. Um, rioters destroyed various sections of is it Kenosha? I don't know if I'm pronouncing Kenosha. it right. Mm-hmm. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, it looks like a war zone. They've been burning down buildings. But the other day there was a there were some riots and on all kinds of civil unrest going on in Minneapolis, and. I don't know if you've seen the video of this. I'm not going to share the video because it is quite disturbing. I actually watched it about two or three times before I even realized what had happened. So the video hit the uh, hit hit social media, and what it shows uh, at first is there is a group of people who are outside of a building. So they're sitting up or standing up against this against a glass wall of a building, and. And they're all, they're all black people that are sitting there. And I don't know what kind of neighborhood this is in. Um, but the reason why I call out their, their race is because this is important. The, from the left side of the, of the camera, an individual, another black man, walks up to the side of that building. And other people that are there, they flee. They run away. Okay. When he, run, when he runs up to the side of the building. 
Now, at first, his back is to whoever is shooting this, this video. And you see him doing something. He's slightly hunched over. And what, what ends up happening is he, he pulls, it looks like he pulls something out and he's standing there. And some people are now, they're getting the hell out of the way. And he turns slightly so you can just barely make out what's in his hands. And then all of a sudden he crumples to the ground. A split second later, cops show up onto the, into the, into the um, view of the camera, into the video. Now, when the video was posted online, people in Minneapolis were outraged. Okay, members of the black community were outraged. BLM was outraged. Antifa was outraged. They thought this was another police shooting because the police were right there. But in fact, not a single officer fired a bullet in this particular encounter. What happened is, you reckon, if you watch it, the first time you watch it, it's just like, what the hell just happened? I can't believe this just happened. Uh, but on, a, on subsequent viewings, you realize that the guy, the black man, actually has a pistol. And he, he takes his own life. He shoots himself in the head. Uh, it's hard to see if he puts it either in, the, in his mouth and then pulls the trigger, or if he puts it up underneath his chin and pulls the trigger. Uh, but you can see him pull the, you can see him having the gun and he puts it up to his head and then pulls the trigger and then he just crumples to the, crumples to the ground. And this caused a mass riot. Why should you be concerned about this? I love your idea. Why should, why should we be concerned? Well, we should be concerned because this is fueling the destruction of small businesses. This is fueling additional violence against, uh, against people who are not of color. Uh, as as BLM and Antifa take to the streets, uh, the you know the violence on the streets is starting to escalate now. BLM and Antifa are going into suburbs and they're blaring noise to getting people to wake up, um, and and calling for them to give over their homes, give their homes over to the black community and move out. And I mean, this is the kind of craziness that has that we've gone into now. Um, and and this is just you know this kind of this kind of action this kind of response without people even understanding what has happened is just egregious it is but it's not surprising no it's not <clears throat> we surprising. we are absolutely living in a react first think second ask questions later mentality that's what all all of this is i mean it's just react and and it's it's all with um violence it's all with emotion fueled by anger and, and for what? I mean, it's so <clears throat> I understand when, when this first started, um, this, this had George Floyd's name attached to it. This is not about George Floyd mm-hmm. and, and it, and it hasn't been, I'd say after, after about 48 hours, I'll even go that far. Um, this is this is getting it's actually organized now and the only thing that's happening is is these people are being fueled in their outrage in their violence in their anger because when they're acting this way they're weaponized and that's what i don't think people are really recognizing these are weaponized people this is a militia at this point that's that's what we're talking about that they're they're highly organized um i saw video of these 
a, a group of people going to pallets of bricks being delivered to these areas. And they're saying, okay, now we're going to this street. And they're calling out on walkie-talkies to each other. We're going to this street and we're going to hit these businesses. And this that's not a peace that sure as heck ain't no peaceful protest. Right. And it's not even, I wouldn't even say a riot at this point. That is organized, militarized destruction. And I'm sorry to say, but the president can only do so much. This is not his place. We talked a lot about the roles of government and, the, and where his power lies. The president cannot send troops in unless he institutes either um, um, a state of emergency and actually can institute martial law in that area, or he needs the expressed permission and request of the local government to intervene. Right. And I made the point with a friend of mine recently. I said, you know, if I were the president, I would get on a call. I'd make it a video call if I had the option with the local governments in Portland and these other cities that they are experiencing these riots and ask the mayors, ask the city council, ask the governors direct. I want to come in to help restore law and order. Will you allow me to do so? Because at that moment, that person of power has to choose whether they are going to stand by their politics and allow their people, their economies, their business owners, their private citizens who are trying to sleep and protect their loved ones and their children in their beds. If they are going to, what are they going to stand by? Are they going to allow them to come in and help where they've allowed this to get to a point where they can no longer control it and own that? and face the music on the, sorry, the liberal side of the aisle and say, sorry, I can't keep this going anymore. I have to have my city back. Or are you going to publicly come out and say, no, I don't care about the citizenry and the people of this town. I care about politics first. Well, and now, and now just, uh, just about an hour ago, there was a report of a shooting in Portland during the Portland riots. These people are not protesters anymore. I don't even know uh, if they even understand what it is that they're trying to achieve. But another shooting has occurred in Portland. Uh, reports now have are saying that there is a victim on the ground. So it's, it, it appears that somebody was shot. But earlier today, there was a huge caravan of pickup trucks uh, that were rallying for Trump um, in Portland. So I think the I think there are a, a number of people that are fed up with all of this. Oh yeah, they're they're yeah. fed up with it, and now they're willing to take action. You know, a lot of these a lot of these people originally, you know, they they don't want to go and do a rally. They don't want to go and stand outside on a street corner and wave flags. Uh, I know I don't. No. I don't want to do those kinds of things. And many of the people who think the way I do don't want to go do those things either, but people are getting fed up with it, especially, you know, and even in places like California uh, and now we're seeing this in, in Oregon, there was a, a huge pro Trump rally that occurred in downtown Seattle just a few weeks ago. And I think this is backfiring on the Democrats big time. And now it's starting to show up in polling and people across the country um, are saying they're sick of it. I just read a poll today. It was a Rasmussen poll 
that shows among independents, uh, President Trump has now swung 10 points over Joe Biden um, in the presidential race with independents. And I'm sorry, but if it's if that continues to hold, and if the poll is indeed correct, I don't know if the poll is correct. I mean, I, in 2016, the polls were nowhere near being correct. But if, right. the, if that, right. assuming the poll is correct, and assuming that it holds, there's no way that Biden wins this election. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of people absolutely just just fed up. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of giggle a little bit about um, the the news media especially groups like CNN. I, I saw it was actually a meme that went out um, just a couple days ago where the CNN reporter, and bless his heart, he's doing exactly what he's been told to do. He's, record, he's reporting on how most of these have been peaceful protests. And he's literally standing in front of the city that's burning behind him. It's yeah. on fire. Yeah. I mean, it's right there. Um, and the, the Democrats, they're, they're trying as best they can to keep steering this in the, in their direction. But I mean, I even saw this, um, um, Ro Khanna, this Dem Democrat who's actually condemning any sense sort of vigilante justice and is talking about people quote unquote, standing in front of their home to try and protect it from people intruding into their home. You've got you know, 30, 40 people trying to bust into your house where your wife and, and children are asleep. And the, you've got a, this is supposed to be somebody that I think represents me as a voter, as a citizen saying, don't be violent and stand out in front of your home and try and protect your home and family. Dude, get the heck out of here. People are tired of it. And I'm telling you, I'm warning you guys, you cannot keep, you cannot continue to push people where you have normal, rational thinking Americans and push them to a point where they have to choose between allowing this to overtake them or their family or choosing to try and defend themselves and their family. This is no longer riots. These are, these are not protests. This is, the, this is a revolution. It's the way it's looking. And I'm telling you, you are really pushing people who are normally rational thinking and generally good people to a point where they are going to start acting in what they feel is their own self-defense. Do not push people to where they break. Well, and let's hear from Joe Biden himself. Over no, no, let's really not. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, oh, okay, hear from, right. let's hear what let's he has go, to say. Let's go ahead. All right. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again they look at it so i learned about roaches i learned about kids jumping on my lap and i've loved kids jumping on my lap what <laughs> the, you know what? this no, this no, like... this uh this uh comment was made way 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 back on december 1st 2019 but what 
Wait a minute, what was he talking about? <laughs> I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Really? Hmm. What? Learned no, about roaches. Well, okay, hold. All right, I, I need some context, please. I'm going to try my best to be absolutely neutral and look at this from a place of <clears throat> um, principles and values. What was he talking about? He's he's standing in front of a of a group of of um, well they're kids, and he was stumping on the campaign trail. I think this was an I think this was an attempt by him to show that he's you know he's a man of the people. He's he's down with the struggle. No, <laughs> <laughs> if. I, I just heard him equate kids to roaches. <laughs> I don't under I don't understand any of that. And and what's with the the creep the the I don't know. That sounds really creeper to me when you're talking about kids rubbing your leg and watching the hair stand back up. I didn't say it. I know. I don't. I'm I'm not. I'm really con <laughs> I'm confused. I have more questions than answers or responses at this point. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Couldn't okay. tell you. All right. You know, that was, that's a good sound bit. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I hope more people hear that sound bit. Like I said, this isn't uh, you know, it's not 18, 1988, 18. It's not 1988 for crying out loud. You know, it's 2019, December right. 1st, 2019. So yeah. All right. Uh, my gosh. So back to our our discussion i i i'm not shocked and surprised that a, a black man falling dead at the hands of a pistol sparked another riot um i'm not shocked and surprised that they automatically jumped to blame police because that's that's the narrative being crammed down people's throat um i'd like to believe that there was a time where we actually looked to find out what happened first before we reacted in outrage and started burning down businesses and this is the other part that i don't get let's just pretend that mm -hmm. all of this outrage was justified all of it okay we're gonna swallow that hole um the police hate black people they're gonna kill them every chance they get um the system's corrupt fine black people are oppressed what the heck does the coffee shop owner have to do with that? How are you burning down their, their, that building, destroying everything that they've worked and lived for? How does that either improve your situation? How does that draw the attention of somebody to improve that situation? Or how are you punishing somebody who potentially puts you in a bad situation? Because I don't see how any of that's linked. Yeah, well, it's, it's not. To normal, rational people, it's not linked. You have to go through a, a ton of mental gymnastics to try to link it together or at least try to explain it away as this is some kind of protest and um, you know, speech in terms of shouting out against the establishment. So it, it's, yeah, there's no way that anybody, any rational human being can try to explain it. Well, I, I got a truth bomb to drop on all of you people out there protesting right now. 
if you thought you were fighting for slavery or to right the injustices caused by that, you guys are puppets. You're slaves. You are slaves to a cause. People are using you. You are fighting um, a Marxist idea about class warfare. That's all this is. And you guys have absolutely no worth to the people that have gotten you riled up enough to fight for them. They literally are making you all dance. And hmm. you're going right along yeah. with it. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, let's move on. Yeah. We were talking we were going to have fun stuff to talk about, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What what are some what are some uh, fun stuff? Oh, hey, you oh. know what? I did my part. I started off with a really great video. Okay, I I didn't. Well, you don't let me <laughs> send you videos anymore. I send you videos. I had a really good one of a really old uh, Chinese couple um, that I sent you that I thought was really good. With the so, hammer. Yes. Breaking the brick. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't put it up on the screen. You said you texted it to my phone. Oh. Oh my gosh, Skynet! Tell me you can't figure <laughs> out how to get it onto your computer from there. Well, I don't wanna, don't play I me like that. Fart around with it. Sorry, I'm I am not one of your <laughs> kindergartners that's going to believe that, or college kids that's going to believe that when you're teaching school. So yeah, yeah, yep. I got my wall decoration up today. That yep. that was very nice. That's a with, personal accomplishment for me. With the maroon and gold, I love it. Yep, it's burgundy gold. Maroon and gold. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's only maroon and gold when you talk about the scum devils down there at ASU. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> <correct>. <laughs> still maroon and gold from where I sit. No, it's not. <coughs> so, <laughs> speaking of um, my Washington football team, which I'm not following sports anymore, I'm actually hearing a lot from people who are exiting sports as a whole. I thought it was yeah. going to be more. Um, outrage towards just the NFL, but no, it's pretty much widespread. Uh, the NFL, NBA, WNBA. <clears throat> um, I've even heard a lot of people um, getting very upset about the demonstration that the Mets pulled off the other day, which is really sad because they came out from what I understand, and I haven't seen the whole story. I don't know if you have either, but um, they came out and they took the field not to play a game but they kneeled for 42 seconds in honor of Jackie Robinson now that was actually really cool I thought that okay. was very very neat um, but from what I then heard is then they went and donned their Black Lives Matter t-shirts and you know did some other sort of demonstration and I went why would you why would you go from one extreme to the other Honoring Jackie Robinson is phenomenal. That's great. I love it. And then you had to sully it with a, a false narrative. Um, what, to appease the social justice warriors out there? I don't understand why that's necessary. And when did this happen? Um, it was just this week. Hmm. Uh, a few days ago, I think okay. it was. All right. So you haven't seen that, I take it. No, I did not see that. The only reason why I was asking about it is because, uh, what, what was his name? Chadwick Henderson? Yeah. I might be missing the... Yeah, who played uh, the Black Panther. Yes, he passed away. He passed away. He passed away. And I read the news last night 
uh, he passed away from cancer. Yeah, and that's terrible. That's sad. He's yeah, very he young. Only, he was only 43. Yeah. He was only 43. But he played – didn't he play Jackie Robinson? He did. Okay. Yes, he did. And that's why and, I was wondering if maybe they did it. And they may have. That, that might have been actually on the same day. It's, it sounds like – I think they were right around the same time. So, yeah. But, yes, they <clears> – um, he played Jackie Robinson, did very well in that movie, I thought. It was a very, very good role. Um, and, yeah, it was really sad to hear that. It was, he was very young. Um, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, I didn't even know he was battling cancer. I never heard. You know, there no. Were, there were people on social media, friends of mine, like on Facebook, who said he died tragic or he died suddenly. And I said, well, sudden to you, but it probably wasn't sudden to him. He had been battling with the disease for a long time. He just kept it to himself and to his family. So Yes, he, and, and there was a lot of people close to him that said that they, they knew about that, but he was very, very adamant about keeping that um, very low-key. He, he didn't want that to become what he was known for. Um, so, yeah, he was very, very close. To, um, he held that very, very close to the chest. So, Yeah. All right. Well, what else do you got? Not much. Um, I, I think it's very important right now to take a moment to reiterate that the CDC has changed the numbers of recorded COVID deaths, whereas just yesterday, that was 153,504. And as of today, it is Saturday the 29th that it is only 9,210 with the disclaimer that that 9,000 are people who ca they can definitively say died from COVID. Yeah. The other 144,000 people that had been claimed to have died of the disease is possible if not likely that they died from something else did you say 144,000 i said 144,000 isn't that 153 minus 9 well <laughs> i'm yes. just yeah okay so you, you you triggered me you triggered me there you, you, uh, oh my gosh so thank you dr uh, ramirez well <laughs> No, the, the reason why I'm saying you triggered me is because when I was a kid, I had the unfortunate experience of uh, being um, forced to attend uh, the Kingdom Hall of the Jehovah's Witnesses by my mother. Okay. And the, I don't, for those who are unaware, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that when you die, you go to heaven. Uh, or that you go anywhere for that matter. They believe that you exist in basically a state of torpor and that you, one day Christ will come back to the earth and raise us, right? But when that happens, that Christ will call to him 144,000 who will then <laughs> ascend into heaven with him and, and be with Christ in heaven. That there's only a select few, the 144,000 will be able to go. So, um, I got better, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I got I got better, uh, but that you know that that number just like sticks in my head. And when you said uh, there was one hundred and forty four thousand, I thought, well, well, maybe the end time is now. Is now. Maybe it's coming. Maybe yeah. it's finally here. Maybe it's those here. were the lucky people that will go to heaven with Christ. Right. 
So I, you know what I did? I, I did hear a funny story. Well, funny in a very sad kind of way. Maybe, maybe you can help me. Now, we've talked a little bit about hypocrisy. And if we're going to try and do, actually, we, we were talking about that when we were talking about doing this podcast. Uh-huh. You said that we want to actually look at things and, and take it not tit for tat, but if this is going to apply in one place, then if it's a universal truth, it should apply in multiple and, and kind of weigh all of these situations against those, um, those standards. Right. Mm-hmm. So I heard the, um, the uh, Senator and I want to say, was it Murphy out of um, Connecticut? I think it was. It was. Okay. It came right after the uh, the RNC, the close of the RNC. Okay. Where he actually said that um, Trump's plan, part of his plan, was just killing people. Oh, really? And, yes. Yes. Oh, it was killing okay. people, and just he was he rolling yeah, around just, in his yeah. in his uh, caddy or something, right. just gunning people down. Yeah. So in the article, he actually explained that by Trump continuing to hold rallies in spite of the coronavirus pandemic, he was openly killing people because none of these people were wearing masks. Um, They weren't obeying social distancing, um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay. Now he actually supports the peaceful protests. Okay. Okay. Now I've seen some video and pictures of the quote unquote peaceful protests. And let's just forget about all the ones where there's brick throwing Molotov cocktail throwing, um, standing in front of SWAT vehicles and, you know, running around with ARs, which is okay. I guess if you're protesting, but not okay. If you're defending your house, we'll leave that aside for the second. I do believe that it has been widely accepted that as long as you're peacefully protesting, you don't need to wear masks. You don't need to social distance. You don't need to do any of that. Isn't that correct? That's what well, we've been told anyway. Yeah, that it doesn't, it doesn't apply to the, you know, all of the precautions don't have to be taken for people who are protesting. They're just suggestions. So you right. should wear a mask or you should social distance but as long as you're protesting it is okay at least this right. is what we have been told by our betters in the media and our betters in uh the government yes right. so help me from a place of neutral principles and values based discussion how is it okay for thousands or tens of thousands in this case people to peacefully protest or riot mm-hmm. how is that okay yet a couple hundred people at a trump rally not oh, it, it's easy trump's a republican oh gosh i forgot that that's why so here's a so this picture that i'm showing you this just occurred uh um on the 28th so this was yesterday Tens of thousands. Now, this is, I believe this is taken on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. So we're looking at the, we're, we're on the National Mall from the Lincoln Memorial looking back to the Washington Monument. 
Now, keep in mind that from the Lincoln Memorial to the Washington Monument, it's about a mile and a half. Mm -hmm. You can see people are, thousands of people are lining the mall. Yeah, they're ass to um, elbows in there. Yeah, ass to elbows. Doesn't look like they're all the way up to the Washington Monument, but pretty darn close. So this is okay. And, and let me explain why this is considered to be okay. This is considered to be okay because these people are viewed as a singular voting block. Now, who would they vote for? You might ask, well, they will vote for Democrats. That's the belief. I'm not saying these people will. Right, understand. Okay, but I mean, let's be honest, they will. Mm -hmm. um, because these are, these are essentially Marxists who are protesting right here. Um, but these people are, it is believed that, the, that any kind of protesters, because they're BLM or Antifa, that they're going to be voting for Democrats. And so it's okay for them to protest because it's poli politically expedient to support this movement even though there's no ounce of evidence that there's systemic racism plaguing police departments across the country. Mm, mm, mm. But see, it's okay. We can pick on president Trump because well, he's a Republican. Okay. So that was it. Simple. That's it. it it's okay. Yeah. He, he's a Republican. These are Democrats, so yeah. therefore they're they're okay. It's 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 not it's <laughs> forget the whole what's good for the goose is good for the gander idea. Right. Um, and this yeah. has been my this has been my overwhelming problem with politics um, as a whole. It, it's if you want me to believe you, then apply the same rules equally, because I can respect somebody who actually, even if I don't necessarily agree with what you're trying to say, I can at least appreciate that you're trying to, to implement an idea unilaterally across the board. Right. Because then it's about the idea. Sure. Um, if you have to bend and stretch that truth so far and you cannot see how Hippocratic you're being by not applying it to both ends, you lose all sense of credibility with someone like me. Well, here's the other, here's the other reason why they're doing it against Trump. Yes, part of it is because he's a Republican. But the other part of it is because they're doing everything they can to ensure that Biden does not go out in front of large crowds. They cannot have Biden out there speaking for fear that he's going to go off, off the teleprompter. And we already heard about the little children rubbing the hairs on his legs and jumping on his lap. These are the kinds of comments that Biden says when he is out in public. And they're, the media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, are doing everything they can to ensure that he is not out in public where he can put his foot in his mouth and look, make make himself to be a fool where people start questioning his mental cognitive abilities. Now, because they want to keep Biden in the basement, then that means they also want to keep Trump off the campaign trail as well. 
Sure. Because if, if Trump is allowed to go out there and hold his rallies, then all he's going to do, basically it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a one person race at that point. Right. Well, and, and I could even, I could even respect that to a point. If you were to come out and say, look, Joe Biden can't go out and do all these rallies. It's not safe. We were respectfully requesting that the president doesn't do that either just to keep the race fair. You know what? Whether I agree with that or not, I could actually go, okay, you're at least being honest about it. Um, Hey, that's an honest request. Uh, President Trump, what do you say? I mean, I can at least be open to that. Um, what I what I really have a problem with is when you've got some, a, an organization like, well, and I don't mean to keep picking on CNN, but they make it so easy sometimes. Um, but CNN, who has to deliberately interrupt the Republican National Convention on TV for quote-unquote fact-checking, um, and then bring on the mayor to deliberately lie about what was being said. I'm like, where do you guys have any shred of integrity left? Cause I don't, I don't see it. Right. And, but here, here's, and here's why here, here's another reason why they want Trump to not be on the campaign trail and to allow BLM and Antifa to run rampant. Many politicians, again, they see BLM and Antifa as being leftist voters, so they're going to vote for Democrats. And so allowing people to go out and do these protests for them is a form of political rally, okay? If you think back in the way, way back machine to 2008, John McCain suspended his uh, presidential campaign because of the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. And he suspended that campaign and he took so much heat for doing so from the Republican side. The Democrats of course praised him because he was no longer stumping on the campaign trail and his favorability amongst Republicans fell through the floor. And this was just weeks before the election. And it was essentially, it was essentially McCain shooting himself in the foot. So, we don't have a situation right now where Trump is suspending his campaign, but we do have essentially Joe Biden has suspended his campaign for political expediency over COVID because everybody thought this was a a massive pandemic and they were believing all of the hype. And so by Joe Biden hiding out, it, he looks magnanimous, but at the same time, it also keeps him out of the limelight and keeps him from talking and looking like a crazy person, or at least the dementia patient that everybody thinks he is. Right. Uh, and so they're trying to have a, a level playing field because if Trump is out there, they lose the narrative. There's nobody else pushing back on him other than BLM and Antifa. Well, and and here's, here's a, a, I guess, warning to uh, Biden and Kamala here you know the american voting public are just about done with doubling down on stupidity they've seen a lot of it here recently i mean let's let's be honest there was there was a handful of situations and i'm not we talked about bubba wallace a while ago um and instead of coming out and saying okay oops made a mistake um you're going to double down on it. 
there's a lot of people that walked away from all that and for the same thing. And this is happening all over. Um, it's not just an isolated incident. People are done with the doubling down on dumb policies. Right now, just in the wake of the CDC, reducing the mortality rate for COVID from 153,504 to an actual COVID mortality rate of 9,210, which is less than a normal run of the flu. One more time, from 153,504 down to 9,210, which is less than the flu. Never once in this country have we shut it down for the flu. Well, in a normal and, run, or at least not in the last sure. 20 years. Right. But if your platform is going to come out and say, forget all that, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, we're going to institute a national mask mandate on day one because this virus is going to wipe out our entire level or, or group of existence. It's going to wipe out the American people otherwise. If you double down on a stupid position, I'm telling you the American public has had enough of doubling down on a mistake. Don't do it. Drop that line tonight. The CDC is giving you one opportunity to do it smart tonight because you can say, well, we were acting on information that we had at the time, but now that we recognize that it's 144,000 less people actually killed by the disease, we don't think that this is going to be necessary, but we are going to continue to fight this disease and we're going to do it smart and blah, blah. You can lay that out. You have your one opportunity to do it smart after tonight. If you double down on this again, you're you're done. Well, and they they doubled down on they doubled down on it uh, yesterday, it, it, and I read this today. So uh, Kamala Harris, she was giving a speech because, of course, we can't have Biden giving a speech because he'll look like a crazy person. And here's a, here's a quote here's a quote from her. She said, "Quote: If we work together." to challenge every instinct our nation has to return to the status quo. Wow. Think about that for a minute. Uh, that's a heavy statement. If we work together to challenge every instinct our nation has to return to the status quo. In other words, she's saying, fight the urge to go back to what life was like before COVID-19. Yeah. She goes on, she goes on and says, and we combine the wisdom of longtime warriors for justice with the creative energy of the young leaders today. In other words, Biden and her, we have an opportunity to make history. She doesn't say we have the opportunity to do the right thing. We just have an opportunity no. to make history. Well, you know what? Hitler made history. You know what? Yeah. Stalin made history. Stalin made history. Lenin made history. Che Guevara made history. Right. Mao Zedong made history. They all made history too, Right. Hugo Chavez made history as well, okay? Um, but that's not the kind of history that I want to be a part of. If we work together to challenge every instinct our nation has to return to the status quo, 
they don't, they're doubling down on it already. They don't want to return to the status quo because this is, we, we've, since, since March, we have basically seen a large number of Americans willfully want to give up their freedoms to the government for the sake of a little bit of comfort and security and protection from something they cannot see and for something that is affecting about 0.02% of the population. Right. You, and, you, sorry. Well, and here's, and the other thing here is, you know, we've been talking about why it's okay for BLM to get together and not Trump to get together. And keep in mind, they keep pushing mail-in voting and people need to be concerned about mail-in voting. And the reason why they need to be concerned about mail-in voting is this. Can you imagine, watch this little, this little cut this was from, oh, the way back time machine of, of August 26th, 2020. Do you see what just happened there? No, well, I, no, sorry. I was, I was going to remind you that there was no sound and I oh, didn't know if there was meant to be. I, I wasn't going <laughs> to do sound. It's okay. Uh, I just... <laughs> but then maybe, maybe it will help. So maybe it will help if I have sound on. Okay, so let's do this. So... Here, here's this. A postal worker captured delivering the mail, but not in a mailbox. Cell phone video showing the woman tossing an armful of mail into the trash. Oh, really? Uh. Look at that video. She gets out of her mail truck. It's visible right there, her little mail van, and throws a ton of mail into the dumpster. What? Yep. And, but this is why we need to give them $25 billion to right. handle mail-in ballots. You can see her right there and watch her lift the lid of the dumpster. Captured delivering the mail, but not in a mailbox. Cell phone video showing the woman tossing an armful of mail into the trash. Residents in that area say they thought something was going on because they had not received any mail in days. But when they saw this video showing why, they just could not believe it. Yeah, and you... <laughs> And you, you trust them to actually render your vote. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. This is, ex this is the kind of things that, that we, we should not, you know, and I, we live in Arizona and Arizona has mail-in vote, mail-in ballots. I get a mail-in ballot. Uh, I fill out my ballot. In fact, we just had the, pr the, the primary here or the, pre the preferential treatment or I don't know what election it was just a few days ago or a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, whatever it was. I don't know. Time is so weird now being at home all the time. <laughs> uh, but we just had it a couple of weeks ago and I, I took my ballot, I filled it out, I put it in the envelope and then I waited until election day. I waited until election day and then I drove it over to my polling station and I handed it in because at least those people are trained, they understand the law, they have to manage the ballots um, legally, you know, that you put it, you drop it in this secured lockbox uh, because I don't want, I don't want the, I don't want the postal service handling my ballot. I no. just don't. No. And, 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 but keep in mind now our, our concern over mailing in a ballot should not be about people actually throwing it in the trash. Like what we've seen on video, we've heard about ballots showing up in the trunk of cars. We've heard about the uh, um, postal service being incredibly biased in how they handle ballot mail. But that all aside, this is all about 
Trump trying to <laughs> control voters and promote voter suppression only on the Democratic side, regardless of right. whether traditionally mail-in ballots have actually favored Republican candidates. Right. Traditionally, over the last 25 or 26 years, I think it is, um, Republican ballots have actually been more favored in mail-in voting over Democrat ones. So, I mean, that was a big argument for the Democrats before. They didn't want the absentee ballots. They didn't want um, military overseas. Their ballots shouldn't really be uh, counted because, you know, that's they're not showing up to the polls. So, Why? I, I actually had an interesting discussion about mail-in ballots anyway. You know, we have mail-in ballots and absentee ballots right? for a presidential election. Now, to do right. an absentee ballot, you have to meet very specific criteria. There yes. Is, you have to show some sort of reason why you can't actually physically go to the polls. Um, you have to be either stationed in another area outside of where you cannot reach a polling place. You have a disability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Mail-in ballots, you just have to say, I want a mail-in ballot because I'm too lazy to get up off my ass. Yeah. So here's a quandary. Why do we even have mail-in ballots? Well, I think the reason why we have mail-in ballots is I think it's cheaper for, uh, for states to manage because see, states, states have to pay for and manage the, the election, the federal elections. Okay. Uh, and most states report that it's much more economical for them to have mail-in ballots, even though in some states do report a higher cost, but where it becomes more economical for them is in the processing of those ballots once they're received. So while they, they send out the ballots, you know, weeks in advance, and then the ballots trickle in over time, as opposed to all of the ballots being having to be processed in a very, very short period of time of a couple of hours on the day of the on the day of the election. And so by processing the mail-in ballots, it allows the governments to maintain very, um, you know, modest staff sizes, uh, which which while the, the, the staff is what costs more than just sending out and paying for postage. Mm-hmm. They still have to pay for printing and all that kind of stuff. There's still all of the costs associated to printing ballots and all of the other paper stuff that has to be sent out. So that cost still, re- still remains because we're still having to print that. But really it comes in paying for workers and all of the overhead and finding the locations um, and having to manage the training and all of that. I mean, these people, the pollsters, they have to go through training. Well, somebody has to pay for that training. That training's paid by the state, right? So the more people you have working the polls, even though they're volunteers, you still have to pay for training. You still have to, um, you know, organize all of that. And, and so the states have to ramp up their staff in order to handle that. Um, and so it's a, it's a matter of convenience, mainly for the government, but, you know, to some degree to voters themselves. Okay. So does it cost us, or excuse me, does it cost the states more to process mail-in versus absentee ballots? No. So again, my question actually specifically is, why do we have mail-in ballots? I, I 
personally, and this is just me, I'm not speaking for us or the show by any means, but me personally, I would much rather see us eliminate the mail-in ballots and go to an absentee or in-person ballot only system. You know, in order to actually get an absentee ballot, the other thing you have to show, ID. Correct. Yes. Weird. Yeah. So why would we cause somebody with a disability or a military serviceman or somebody in a situation where they are physically unable to get to a polling place? Why would we require them to not only show ID and prove their identity, but also prove that they are not physically able to get up and go to a polling place? Why would we put more requirements on them than just everybody else with a mail-in ballot? That makes no sense to me. Zero. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a step further. I know there are a lot of people who are vehemently against this. um, But I wish there was electronic voting. Um, And the reason why I say that is because um, if we can, if we can file taxes electronically with, with the crazy electronic signatures that the IRS requires, if, if we can do that, if we can do online banking, then the technology exists for us to be able to record a singular vote for a single person who's registered to vote. I understand the argument. It's possible. I I understand the argument. Do I believe? But we're retarded when it comes to government and the ability to do anything like that. Yes, that's true. How many billions of dollars did it take for the government to create a, um, uh, basically an e-commerce site for Obama or insurance <laughs> for medical healthcare. Yeah. Yeah, Medicare.gov. I mean, oh my gosh. We're not even talking about dealing with shipping labels, right? Yeah. Not, <laughs> you know, they should have just got Amazon to say, Hey, Amazon, right. will you build us an e-commerce site. You, you know, have one. You use the capitalist system. That's, that's right. actually worked really well. Um, Right. The biggest problem I see with an electronic voting system, and, and, and I understand that there are security protocols in place, but, it, and it is, it's just that, it's a security issue. Well, um, of course, of course. But if they can do it with my bank, if I can do online banking, the tech, my point, here's my, here, now I don't want people to, to misconstrue anything that I'm saying. I'm not <laughs> saying that by in the, in two years, we should have online voting. Right. What I'm saying is the technology exists for me to be the only person in the world who can log in to my bank and I can do online banking. I've been doing online banking for years. I've been e-filing my taxes for years. Right. If there was some what there the technology exists for us to ensure that the person logging in is the actual person who uh, who signed up and, and, and enrolled to vote, right? Um, signed up to do voting. It's possible. Sure. Would it happen? Yeah. Oh, probably not because that's a political football just waiting to be humped like a, like a blind monkey. <laughs> well, and and you're, you're not wrong. Is it? I, I think, yes, you can, you can do everything you can to verify the identity that you were you and get in. What you, the biggest problem I see is being able to protect the election and the entirety of it from other people getting into it to make alterations. Well, I mean, yeah. your bank account 
Yes. Your, your, your neighbor is probably not going to come over or get your phone and get into your bank account, but a hacker can, you know, this, Sure. but a hacker may or may not be incentivized enough to care enough to get into your bank account. They're going after bigger fish. Well, for anybody semi-motivated to hack into an election, I mean, we're talking about the election. That is the Moby Dick of uh, Big Fish to go after, to hack, to say that you did. E- even for people that have no interest in it, just to be able to put that on their hacker profile, look what I did, nah, 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 nah. you guys elected Mickey Mouse. I mean, I could well, absolutely see somebody doing that. But, but Wells Fargo, Bank of America, the IRS, they're constantly being attacked. Now, the reason why we could probably never or at least decades were decades away at minimum before we could ever do online voting is because, again, all of the states run it. So you're literally talking about 51, including D.C. Well, I guess more than 51, right? Because you have like Puerto Rico, they get to vote, right? Um, so you, you have all of these, you have, let's just, let's just call it 50, right? You have 50 states who are voting. You'd have 50 different ways of doing online voting. And that's, just, that's a recipe for disaster. What makes it easier to do online banking is because, well, there's one bank that you bank with. Uh, what makes it easier to do e-filing with the IRS is because, well, there's one IRS that everybody files with. Um, you don't have multiples. Now they might have different server systems throughout the country, but essentially it's one organization that is, that is dealing with that. Um, yeah, the, the country would fall apart. And, but here's the thing, right? Every, every election cycle now, many states have those electronic devices like touch screens, mm. right? You go in there and you touch the screen and you, rather than check a box, you go boop. And that it's supposed to record your ballot. And every single election, there are stories that those machines fail to operate. How is that? How does that happen? See, this is this is this is why I say we could we could have those things, but politicians are just going to screw it up for the sake of screwing oh, yeah. it up. Yeah. Well, and it, you know what? Even my calculator has spit out the wrong answer at me once before. Remember that when you had the old. Um, uh, solar calculators when they weren't getting oh. enough light when you were in school. <laughs> it was doing woke math. We didn't yeah, even know that yeah. was a thing. But two, <laughs> two plus two sometimes equaled five. <laughs> yeah. Just because the batteries were dying. Um, the, the one thing that won't ever fail, usually, it's a pencil. It's a pencil. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why I... Do I think you're right? It's possible we could get to that point? Sure. Do I think we're years away from that? Yeah. Um, oh, and frankly, yeah. I, don't, I don't trust most of the electronic devices I deal with on a day-to-day basis. But I can at least know for a fact that the paper that I wrote on with the pencil I held in my hand was right when I did it. Now, sure. we still, those, those aren't looked at by a person. I mean, that still goes through the old bubble sorting machine, the same one that you had in elementary and middle school that counted up your little tests and did stuff like that. So, but I, we trust it more as a society. We do. Yeah. Yeah, we, we do. And, uh, and, and like I said, we're, we're years away from it, decades away from doing anything like that uh, because of the incompetence of government. They're going to be incapable of course, they would spend probably a trillion dollars. Oh, it's easy. 
easy on a system just to record people clicking on checkboxes on a screen and writing that information to a database. We're not talking rocket science. We're not talking landing people on Mars. We're literally talking about doing this with a mouse, blink, 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 and selecting one option or sometimes two or three, right? But basically saying, check this box, right? Let me just yeah. do this. That's, we can't do that. We can't do that. We, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because as simple as it is, it should be, but it's not. Right. It's just, it's not. Right. Now, I want it to happen. I no, want I, it to happen. I, if, especially it, for you. I know you want <laughs> it to happen. Oh, my gosh, dude. If there's anything that requires you to actually... Uh, you know, write anything out or get up and go yeah. out of the house. You're no, I know yeah. if you can't find it online, I'm not interested. No, don't need it. Oh, I love you, brother. Oh, I love you too. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Good stuff. So, um, there's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff we did not talk about. Oh, I know. So we'll just have I, to I do know. this again. Yeah, let's do that again. And you know, Lucy and I were talking for everybody out there listening. Um, we're talking about different topics variously about what we might want to discuss that we think you guys might find interesting and in listening to us blather on about and eventually touch on at least once or twice before we call it a night. But if there's something that you want to know about or want to hear us discuss, send us an email. Let us know. We're going to be hitting our... Uh, our email episode probably yeah, sometime in the next few weeks, but we'd love to have some topic ideas or things that you guys would love to hear us talk about. Um, Cause we're always open to other things. So yeah. Send us the hate mail at contact at fusion underground.net fusion underground.net. Oh, and one last thing. Yes, sir. Don't you do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. For Jason Moret, I'm Manuel Ramirez. You've been listening to the Fusion Underground. Peace. Have a good night.